Hi Donovan, listening to your channel has inspired me to contribute this crazy experience I had when I was out in the desert. A few years back, some friends and I went on a road trip across the country from Colorado to California. On the way back, we decided to spend a night camping in the Mojave National Preserve. Now, the Mojave National Preserve is a huge desert located about 100 miles west of Las Vegas. Since we were college students without much money, we decided to spend a night there before continuing to the Grand Canyon the next morning. I did some research and found a camping area along the dirt roads close to the Kelso Dunes. They were at the southern end of the Mojave. I had heard about these sand dunes. I was reading that they made this wild booming sound that you could feel in your bones, like a vibration through your entire body. It said that you could produce the sound if you had a group of people on the top trying to shove as much sand as possible, like an avalanche. We arrived at the camping spot to check if there was a spot available for us. There was no reservation system. It was just first come, first serve. We only saw one campsite with no tent or vehicle, but there was a pile of wood fire and a six pack of warm beer that had apparently been sitting in the sun all day. There were no other obvious signs of occupancy, so we figured the place was available. We decided to set up our camp and we began making dinner over a fire built with firewood left behind from the previous campers. When we were looking around the campsite, we found a really big pile of dried thin sticks and branches that were all interlaced together. There was a hole in the middle of it that seemed like a place that an animal would bury into. I kind of got this weird creepy feeling from it that I just couldn't quite explain, but I did mention it to my friends. I couldn't see any reason why that would be weirding me out. The sun was starting to set, but my friends wanted to go up the sand dunes to take in the view and get some exercise after our long car ride. Initially, I was hesitant to join them since it was getting dark and I knew that the dunes were taller and more challenging to climb than they seemed. I wanted to wait until morning, but they insisted and I decided to go along with them rather than staying behind alone. We did make sure to take enough water and flashlights. Since we were experienced hikers, I figured we should be okay. There were a ton of stars and the light sand made it easy to make our way up. It definitely took longer to reach the top of the dunes than we thought it would. By the time we got there, it was pitch black, but the view from the top was breathtaking with the bright lights of Las Vegas shining in the distance, a hundred miles away. And we were actually able to produce that same booming sound. It was incredible. We stayed up there for about an hour just geeking out over it. When we were walking back to the campsite, we noticed a fire in the distance. We thought it was another group that had set up camp further down the dirt road. We walked down the dune following our tracks, but they eventually became obscured and we couldn't see the fire anymore as it was behind a series of smaller dunes. We got a little worried when we couldn't find the dirt road, but eventually we stumbled upon the end of it. I was happy to find the road and even happier that we were only a mile away from our campsite. We walked along the road until we came across the campfire we saw earlier. My anxiety spiked when we got close to the source of the light and saw our van and tent partially lit by the flame. The fire was at our own campsite. We noticed someone lurking there. 
It looked like a very tall, lanky person. As we approached the campsite, I called out, Hello? But when we got closer, we saw that it wasn't a person at all. It saw us coming, and it crouched down on all fours. It was a hairless, skinny, pale gray humanoid creature with very long limbs. I know that sounds impossible, but we all saw it. It had pointy clawed fingers and toes. It turned its head towards us, and we could see sharp teeth and sunken eyes. It was sitting near the fire. I couldn't help it. I just screamed. I was so shocked at the sight of that thing, but it immediately stood up and ran off into the desert. We were all completely freaked out. There was no explanation for such a thing. We saw that nothing was disturbed or taken from the campsite, but there was no way we could stay there. What the hell could that thing be? We packed everything back in the van. We actually decided to drive around and see if we could spot it. We drove around with the high beams on it, but we didn't see any sign of it. We got on the road and headed for the Grand Canyon without any explanation for what had happened. We spent the whole way speculating and trying to make sense out of what that could have been, but it was completely illogical. We were exhausted when we got to our destination and had to spend the whole day sleeping. That experience still haunts me to this day. When I think about it, it seems so unreal. But when I bring it up to my friends, there's no question that it happened. When I met my fiance in college, I knew right away that I eventually wanted to get married. After we graduated, she moved to my town and got her own apartment. I had moved into a tiny place for the summer that I was helping to renovate in exchange for the rent. The town we lived in was relatively expensive, so she just rented a small one-bedroom apartment with a decent living room, kitchen, and a bathroom. After I finished working on the tiny house, I moved into her apartment with her. She had been there for about three months by then. A few weeks after moving in, I started realizing that the apartment which was one of those three-row houses, had its own quirks. I mean, it was across the street from a small old graveyard, but if anything, it seemed quite peaceful over there. There were strange cold spots in certain areas, without any apparent source of a draft, and the electrical system had some odd issues, such as lights flickering or turning off randomly. I attributed these anomalies to the age of the row house and its rather negligent landlord. It wasn't anything serious, but just kind of weird. But then, a while after that, strange things began to happen that left me feeling like I was being watched or that someone else was in the apartment. Although I never felt scared or like something was malicious, I often thought I felt this strange presence. I wasn't prone to feelings like that. I was used to old houses, and I had grown up in an old Victorian that was over 100 years old. I sometimes caught glimpses of movement, but never actually saw what I'd call a ghost. This would typically happen when I was distracted or focusing on something else. One day, while I was chopping something in the kitchen, I noticed movement out of the corner of my eye. The living room door was located just to the left of the counter and I saw something move quickly across the living room. 
Although I couldn't see anything specific, my peripheral vision caught the movement, and I suddenly felt like there was another actual person in the apartment. The feeling was so strong that I stopped working to go and check in the bedroom to see if my fiance had come home early without me noticing, but there was no one there. I felt kind of foolish, but I even looked in the other rooms. Even though I could have sworn I saw somebody, I was completely alone in the apartment. Those weird little fleeting glimpses kept happening on and off until I was eventually kind of used to them. It helped that my fiance was feeling it too. We had never really discussed how we felt about supernatural things or anything. We were both really practical people, but it started to feel like we were sharing this space with something. A few months after that, I was working in the basement. There was no room for a workshop in our apartment, so I set up a little space down there for my projects, between the furnace and the water heater. I would go down there when I got home from work to work on these wooden signs I was making for my side hustle. It was cramped, but it was better than nothing. That night when we went to bed, I noticed some light coming through the crack in the floorboards near the heating vent. I realized that I had forgotten to turn off the light on my workbench, so I got out of bed and went to the basement to turn it off. But as I started to walk back up the stairs from the basement, which was now dark, I felt this very intense sense of something telling me to leave. It was intensely creepy. I almost felt like I heard it speak, but I knew rationally that it hadn't been something actually audible. As soon as I felt that sensation, I was covered with goosebumps. I quickly ran up the basement stairs and went into the bedroom. My fiance asked me why I had yelled, but I was confused because I didn't say anything to myself while I was in the basement, not even a whisper. My fiance claimed that while I was coming up the stairs, she heard me scream loudly as if I was scared. She thought I had seen a big spider or something. This made me feel even stranger because I knew I didn't say a word, but she was sure that it was a person screaming and that it obviously had to be me. I couldn't really convince her otherwise and we eventually just went to bed. I think it was probably about an hour later when we were both woken up by something aggressively trying to open the door. We were terrified that someone had broken into the house. We saw the door handle going up and down like crazy, and whoever it was kept knocking on the door harder and harder, but the door wasn't even locked. Then we heard this wail, like the saddest sound you could ever imagine. I picked up the lamp from my nightstand and yanked the door open. There was no one there. We were really shaken up, and started talking about how it was probably time for us to move out of there. We still had six months left on the lease though. After that episode, we started investigating the history of the neighborhood more. Our investigation revealed that the property where our row home was located used to be occupied by an old church. This explained the presence of the old graveyard across from the row homes. The church had burned down a long time ago and these homes had been built on the property. So, I believe that living in a house that was built on the site of a former church that had burned down and having a graveyard close by might have attracted a couple of restless souls. Hiking is one of my favorite pastimes, and I try to do it as often as I can. 
I especially enjoy distance hiking, where I cover a considerable amount of ground in one trip. It requires some dedication and planning, since I often have to make sacrifices in order to complete the hike. That could mean waking up before sunrise or staying out after dark, in order to maximize the number of miles I can cover in a single day. But hiking in the dark can be quite challenging, as it can be difficult to see what might be coming toward you. I've had several encounters where an animal has surprised me. Sometimes I feel pretty vulnerable, with only a tiny light to show me the way. But I keep doing it because it lets me see a different side of nature. I guess I've always felt the need to push my limits and overcome my fears. I have a strong bond with the wilderness, since I spent a lot of my childhood growing up here in the woods of Maine. I've spent plenty of time sleeping under the stars and exploring hundreds of miles of terrain. I just bring this up to stress that I'm just not a novice bumbling along in the forest. My most frightening experience occurred during a hiking trip at around 4.30 in the morning. It was late spring, so the first signs of morning light wouldn't be visible for another half hour or an hour. I was on my fifth mile of the trail and still had a long way to go. It was feeling a little eerie out there that morning. I was in a low-lying area, surrounded by steep ridges on both sides. The trail I was on was narrow and treacherous, covered in mud and hemmed in by dense underbrush, young maple trees and an old oak growth. I was completely focused on the small light from my headlamp, taking one step at a time and completely zoned out. Suddenly, I heard a loud crack and I stopped immediately. My heart was racing and I listened for any signs of danger, but all I could hear was the sound of my own breathing. Almost always, 4.30 a.m. in the springtime means I'm the only thing making noise. No birds chirping, nothing. Dead quiet. I was in a tight enclosed space and the lack of visibility made me nervous. I stood there for a long time trying to assess what I had just heard. I kept going, but then in the middle of a step, I suddenly stopped moving. When the fight or flight response is triggered, your mind is filled with intense, instinctual thoughts. The first thought that came to my mind as I stood there was that if I heard that noise again, I wanted to turn around and make a fast retreat back the way I had come. The sound I heard wasn't just a simple branch breaking or deadfall. It totally sounded like the sound was intentional. When I heard it the second time, I knew that it was time for me to leave the area. The sound was like a large wooden stick or a bat being violently hit against a smaller tree. I felt an urge to protect myself and get out of there as quickly as possible. The thought of having to retrace my steps through the dark, narrow trail and the dense underbrush didn't sound great, but I really wanted to avoid what was ahead of me. Then it came again, like three or four times in succession. It was just so sudden and violent. It sounded explosive. I had the impression that it was located about 50 yards ahead of me and to the left. At the same time, I got a sudden impression that I was being watched or even hunted. At that moment, I realized the full extent of my fear. I knew the direction of the sound and where the trail led. In about 30 yards, I would reach a sharp 180 degree turn and begin to climb the ridge, moving away from the creek. This meant that as soon as I mustered the courage to approach the noise, I would have to turn my back to it and start climbing the ridge, which made me really nervous. 
I started having these crazy thoughts. Several minutes went by and I just stood there breathing and listening. It had gotten eerily quiet again. The first light of dawn was still about 20 or 30 minutes away. I turned up the brightness of my headlamp and began to approach the 180 degree turn. The light from the headlamp was casting large moving shadows of tree branches onto the trail in front of me, making me freak out even more. I finally got to the turn and went around it, moving as quietly as I could while I tried to listen closely. I was taking short shallow breaths so I could focus on any sounds. Then I caught a whiff of a smell that was indescribable. It was a scent that was wet and putrid and deathly. In the past, when I was a firefighter, I've encountered situations where human beings had passed away, and this odor was similar to that of decaying remains several days old, but with a strange twist. I kept moving, but what really pushed me forward was an incredible howl that suddenly erupted way too close to me. I forgot about being quiet and basically ran for my life. By the time I reached the top of the ridge, I was completely out of breath and scared out of my mind. All I could do was put in as much distance as possible between me and that thing. I didn't feel better until the sun was fully up and the birds were singing. I have heard and seen so many things in the woods, but that was the only one that made me really question some of my decisions. 